Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. It is hate week, and uh, no Michigan State fan uh, really liked what uh, happened on Saturday. And Jeremy was kind enough to let me get all of my anger out a couple hours after the game, um, as we did just a special Saturday PO'd edition of the Trouble with the Snap podcast. Minnesota, no trouble at all for the Wolverines, something uh, Jeremy and I really, look, we did not see that coming. It, it was a game that really could have went either way. But, uh, 25 points is, you know, quite a bit one way. And, you know, both of us actually had Minnesota, I think, heading into this game. Uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts about that? Um, well, let me say this before I get into the things I'm excited about for Michigan. Um, we have to look into all these things a little deeper. Uh, Minnesota had a lot of guys missing. Um, it killed them on defense. Offensively, I thought Michigan did some really good things on defense against their offense. I mean, I, I really felt like they contained them well. They did a decent job on Bateman. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim did a very good job, though. I think that's something got to fix stopping the run. But he's a very good back. I mean, he is really tough. Um, but I think Minnesota was just missing a ton on defense. While saying that, though, let's not take anything away from Michigan. I thought they played really well on offense. I thought the offensive line was shockingly fantastic. Um, you know, they looked better than last year. But, I mean, it was only one game. But there's some things that I've seen that were a little surprising on the Michigan end. Uh, I just was really blown away on how many weapons they have on offense. They have a lot of different guys. But let's not get carried away. Obviously, Michigan fans like to do this. But there's a lot of things pointing in the right direction, no question. Yeah, Joe Milton, to me, was good, not great. Um, the offensive line, just clearing lanes for the running backs, I think was obviously, you know, a big part of that game. Uh, Minnesota, we we knew that they were losing a lot defensively. We knew how young they were going to be defensively. Um, you know, Antoine Winfield, uh is in the running for defensive rookie of the year in the NFL right now yeah. and was the uh, defensive back of the year last year. I think that kind of tells you what they're missing, especially on the back. And look, I, I was impressed with their defense. We know that, you know, Don Brown's got a little bit of potential to be stubborn, to go man to man. And despite that, he mixed up his blitz as well. He uh, contained Tanner Morgan about as well as anybody can, uh, given y- y- how good he is. You know, they contained mm-hmm. him. Uh, got, they got after him. Uh, they hit him a lot. It was I was really impressed that they did not give – they didn't give Minnesota's wide receivers much of a chance to get open because he was under duress all day. Well, it's something we talked about, right, pregame, that they had to get after the quarterback. It's just something that has to improve, um, and, and they did that. I thought Hutchinson was was really good in the first half. Obviously, Quiddy Pay at the end of the game was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 of course, I have to pat myself on the back here. I've been calling it for a while now. Michael Barrett is just a fantastic football player, and uh, he, he's the guy that I had mentioned and, and made a big statement. I think he's going to be better than Cleek Hudson. I think what you've seen – Saturday will prove a lot of how much he can be better. He's faster. He's good in coverage. He plays that viper position that's so important there where he's kind of a safety. 
linebacker hybrid. Uh, he was all over the place. And that sack, forced fumble, is exactly what you can see from that kid. He, he just gets there right now. And um, he's going to be special for them. You know, he's a kid that you hope he just stays healthy. You hope everything goes well. If he can puke on the on the field every game, every weekend, and still play like that, go ahead. Uh, he, he gets the kickoff return and almost goes all the way. Uh, he's been a kick returner in the past. Uh, he was an offensive player. Uh, the one thing, Tyler, that just has to be noted is Michigan has some very good young players. You know, when you look at Blake Corum coming in as a freshman, and he's the first guy they throw the ball to, the first play is set up for him. Um, you know, Roman Wilson was absolutely fantastic. I didn't even know if Ronnie Bell was going to get a touch. I mean, Ronnie Bell didn't get a touch until the fourth quarter. And he still led the team in catches. <laughs> and, and, and what it says about Joe Milton in this offense is they're going to spread it around. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a strength in numbers offense. Um, Eric All, the, I mean, Jim Harbaugh made a statement about him, which was incredible. He said he thinks Eric All may be the best tight end if he plays the way we think he can ever at this school. Uh, he had two drops, and he still was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't even see Nick Eubanks at all. Did he play? I mean, I can't even remember. I mean, you know, I don't even think he was out there. That's another guy, though, that they can use. So this team, Tyler, if the offensive line plays well on offense, could be really dangerous. Yeah, you, well, you talked about Joe Milton, huh? spreading the ball around a little bit and let's talk about him a little bit more in depth because obviously quarterback was always a question mark it was for both schools coming into the season um Milton I think uh I mean we knew we knew what he was capable of I I think that's the way to say it we knew what he was capable of I think we still have to see it a little bit more. I thought he was, like I said, good, not great. But if he can maintain that and the defense can get after it the way that they can, holding Minnesota to 24 is not a joke. It, it really isn't. Minnesota is one of the more explosive offenses with uh, Muhammad Ibrahim and uh, their core receivers. Um, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. how P.J. Fleck just cranks out receivers left and right. Um so as long as the defense can play like that and the offensive line opens those holes, that's really all you need from Milton. Well, I think what people need to realize why it's so special and how good he is, is he just made it look so easy. And, and I think we haven't seen that, you know, he can, they can snap it to him and he, and he can run around the edge and, you know, he can bust out like he did and get 30, 40 yards. He can, uh, you know, you can throw, you can snap it to him near the end zone, and he's strong enough to get into the end zone. It's almost like a wildcat situation. Uh, you know, a, a simple slant route across the middle, he's just going to gun it and make it look easy. Um, he did that a few times. Uh, his ability, he rolls out to the left, and he flicks the wrist, and he throws it all the way to the end zone from 55 yards out. Giles Jackson didn't even know what to do with it. Uh, there's where he'll have to get better where I think that will be a communication thing with the receivers. Like, look, this guy's got a great arm. I just got to keep running, and he might get it to me. Um, I think they're a little behind still on that part because Giles Jackson should have caught that ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't ready for it. Um, but he had the one deep pass that, you know, it was it was just great coverage, but he just chucked it out there. And, hey, that's, that's, that's that something happens. that's great. One thing I want to – one thing I want to, last thing I want to say about it, and I, and I said this to a buddy of mine, and he started laughing. I said, the great thing about Joe Milton is he throws it so hard, it's going to be hard to pick off. 
<laughs> it's like right. even if it's a bad read, got, you got to you better be ready to intercept it because I think it's coming. And uh, you know, I actually like when he throws that hard. I think it gets there now. It allows your offensive line to feel really confident because all he needs is a half second, and that ball gets there now. So I think he was really good. I, I mean, of course, not great. He doesn't have to be great, but right. some games he'll have to, you know, be a little better. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of. Um, I'm not really sure he really needs it though. Uh, looking at the rest of the conference, I'm trying to remember: is Wisconsin on Michigan's schedule? Yeah, I mean, okay. They there's have two games. First... There's two games I'm thinking of. But look, w- Wisconsin and Ohio State are the two. You know, I think you can get if you get a performance like that out of him. Um, really, any other any other opponent with the rest of the talent that Michigan has, the talent that they've recruited, um, everything else. I think that that's something where you know, all of a sudden, we're looking at. You know, maybe a seven and two team at the end of the year, um, oh, sure. eight, eight and one, and uh, yeah, I mean that's better than the expectations that we had for them. Um, another thing about getting the ball out quick, like you mentioned, the receivers are fast too. So if they can get that quick yeah. half a step, you get them the ball, and then they can decide what to do with it. And I think that's obviously you know big for the way. Uh, Josh Gass wants to play, and I think it's huge for this team. Um, like I said, that I mean, that, and that's all offensively. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, look at the final number and say, oh, it was 49 against Minnesota because, you know, Minnesota let some crazy things happen and obviously uh, didn't have a leg on their team apparently based upon uh, yeah. when they punted, when they kicked off, and – things of that nature. So that did come back and bite Minnesota for a few of those touchdowns. Um, I th- at least two of them that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and so, but I mean, you still did well against Minnesota's defense. Um, you did good against their offense because like I said, uh, or uh, Minnesota had, has one of the better running backs in the Big Ten that people, well, they know about him now, and Muhammad Ibrahim. And then uh, they still have a great group of receivers, Big Ten's leading returning receiver back, and Morgan's the most efficient quarterback that's back. Or he was the leading quarterback as far as passing yard second, I think, in regards to efficiency. And so, I mean, giving up 24 points, that's not a big deal. You know, that's that's yeah. going to be something that happens. Um, unless you have a really, really elite defense. That said, you know, like uh, like we were talking about, you know, Michigan uh, they won by twenty five points. That's the yeah. spread for this weekend, by the way. And yeah. we're we're going to dive into this a little bit now. I know we're going to talk about it later. As of right now, Gerald Holmes is uh, ready to go on Thursday. And so we'll talk to him a little bit about the game as well and about the, uh, let's say, running back situation at Michigan State that just pushed me over the edge. And Mm -hmm. uh, But look, uh, we'll get some initial thoughts on this weekend's game. Um, We'll obviously give you our uh, 
you know, our bets for this weekend, even though we both whiffed on Minnesota, I think, you know, the beginning yeah. of the year in college football is just so hard because there's turnover every year. And so it's really difficult, but as things kind of smooth out and you start to see what each team can do, you know, I, we're, we're going to be a lot more accurate. To be fair, I did get the Rutgers game. I just didn't think they were going to friggin' win, let alone by that much. Um, I think Rutgers almost yeah. beat the spread. That was uh, actually given to Michigan State. So, but close, yeah. I think it was a point less. Yeah, yeah. it's just so stupid. But Michigan and uh, Michigan State noon game, big noon kickoff, and that was scheduled obviously before. Rutgers beat Michigan State for the first time since they've joined the Big Ten in either of the revenue sports. And uh, look, Jeremy, what? I don't even want to ask this question. That's why I've been drawing this out so much. What are your initial thoughts on this game? Um, you know, like, look, I, I I've seen so much in this rivalry. I think it's kind of hard to just expect something. And, and plus, college football is crazy and fun and weird, so you just never know what you're going to get. And plus, with COVID nineteen added to the mix, boy, you really don't know. If if both teams show up with the same guys that they have and both teams play their best, Michigan's a much better football team. Mm-hmm. That typically is what happens in college football. Uh, it, my initial thought is Michigan State just has to play a lot better. I mean, they just have to play better. They have to run the ball. They have to be tougher up front. And, and they have to play physical football. Michigan is a much more physical football team this year than they have been. I don't know what happened. Maybe these guys were just angry because they hadn't played in a while, but they look much more physical than I've seen them in a few years. It, it reminded me a lot of the old ways when, you know, this is going back to 90s, Lloyd Carr. They hit harder. They blocked harder. Um, you know, and minus some things up front that are still missing, uh, this was a very physical team. And, and the hit on Tanner Morgan was one of the better hits I've seen in a long time with a guy from a, with a winged helmet. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Michigan State better be ready because this team from Michigan is just really, really angry. I mean, they are playing like with a chip on their shoulder, much like Mark D'Antonio's teams did. And uh, I think a lot of it is because they're not favored. I think this is a new year for them. I think a lot of people aren't expecting much. Uh, you know, last year they were favored to win the East, Tyler. And look what happened. This is actually a fun team for Jim Harbaugh. So really my initial thought is Michigan State has to pick up the level. They have to play better if this is going to be a fun game. Because if they don't, I just think Michigan's too talented. The last thing I'll say on the initial thought is this. I still don't know if Michigan is good enough with their pass game. Because I think what happens when you lose Nico Collins and you lose Donovan Peoples-Jones, it's really – you know, easier to defend when you don't have to worry so much about the deep threat. We still have not seen a deep threat pass. So I think Michigan State can kind of get away with, hey, let's play closer to the line. Let's keep these guys in front of us and play physical and we'll be okay. Um, Until Michigan hits the long pass, I'm not fully impressed with the offense yet. Yeah, and I mean, that's one thing I think that Michigan State uh, shored up. I think there were a couple deep shots that Rutgers took, and I think Michigan State played them well. They covered them well, and um, they didn't really give up too much in that regard. And, mm-hmm. th- I mean, that's something that I was really impressed with. Look, th- this is the way I see it, though, is 
Michigan just went after Tanner Morgan and beat the crap out of him. And you saw what Rutgers did. And Rutgers didn't do anything fancy. They didn't do anything sexy. They lined up a defensive tackle diagonally from the ball. That's what they did. And that was able to get pressure on Michigan State. And that was able to shut down the run game, even though Mel Tucker said he wants to run it out of his terms. And that's something that happens when you push your best offensive lineman to the outside when he's used to playing guard. And you have two guys who should be backups. In. They're serviceable backups. Matt Carrick and Blake Buter aren't exactly scrubs. But, right. like I said, Kevin Jarvis should be on the inside. And I think J.D. Duplain should uh, have a look over uh, Carrick or Buter. Uh, you know, I've seen them both long enough. I knew, thought eventually Buter would turn into a starter. I don't think he's really topped out what he did after his freshman year. And, but that's all they, that's all Rutgers did. You know, it wasn't too much. There wasn't too much sexy about it. And then you look at what Michigan's able to do when they do want to bring pressure, that's going to be a bad day, especially when you look at the running backs as well. You know, Elijah Collins, he was getting to the right spot, but he's still not a great pass protector. And Connor Hayward has no idea where he's going. And it, yeah. I mean, this, this is going to be a bad day for Rocky Lombardi. And thank God he's as jacked as he is because he's going to get hit a lot on Saturday with or without the ball. It doesn't matter. That's going to eventually wear on you. And, you know, we saw that in what, what year was that? Was that 2014 where Michigan State kicked the crap out of well, Devin Gardner? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't, yeah, 2014, 2013 is when they destroyed Gardner, uh, you know, and they made him give up. And, you know, maybe uh, Todd Gurley could have looked at Devin Gardner and said, oh, this is how you run backwards when you get to the line, Um, you know, because that's what Devin Gardner did the one time, uh, you know, in the one play that we'll never forget. I want to say this, Tyrite, look, Michigan State has to run the ball. You know, I, I like Rocky Lombardi. I think he's a great kid. Uh, he's he's not a he great can he can run he does he, I mean he can run too and that's the thing is like you have the options to do it and I think that's what made me so mad is because Michigan State averaged I think it might I don't know what the exact numbers for the rushing attempts were I think it might have been like twenty nine rushes for sixty yards or something I think I know yeah. I know it was sixty yeah, rushing and... yards but Rocky can move. Elijah Collins yeah. hit almost a thousand last year, but when you don't have him in, and when you have a offensive line that looks like what should be a mash unit any other year, because Michigan State's been replacing offensive line for two years because of injuries, this is what I would expect Michigan State's mash unit to look like this year. And he's just yeah. putting the wrong pieces out there. You can't run the ball against Rutgers. You're definitely not going to run it against Michigan. No. Well, th- this is what people need to understand. I know you'll like this, Tyler. You know, Rocky Lombardi is not better than Brian Lewerke. I mean, if he was, he would have played last year. You know, I mean, and, and I think the only difference between that and the Milton situation was Milton didn't understand how to play yet. He was a better player talent-wise. He was just trying to learn how to play football. I mean, he was still learning, and he just hadn't grasped it yet. And it was a new offensive coordinator. Rocky Lombardi is not a better quarterback than Brian Lewerke. I mean, he doesn't get the ball out quick enough. He doesn't make the, the right reads. Yeah, he had a lot of fool's gold yardage against Rutgers, but he's not better. 
what happens is you got to have an identity right now. Michigan state didn't run the ball. That's scary because you, you know, you got a quarterback right now that you're choosing that is just the veteran of the group that you're going to go with, but he's just not a great quarterback. So you have to run the ball. You got to find creative ways to run. And if that's using him in the run game, absolutely. If Michigan state can't run the ball at all again, like they did against Rutgers, they're going to get just annihilated because now Michigan can send five guys and, and Rocky's just not good enough. So that's where you get into that Devin Gardner situation where Michigan State sends seven guys because they just don't think Gardner can make the good throw, and he's just getting creamed. And that's exactly what Don Brown will do. Though. This guy is not good. He doesn't make – I mean, look at his release, Tyler, mm-hmm. how slow it is. It is such a slow release. Devin Gardner was very similar where a little more height, but not a quick release. It was quicker than Lombardi's, but it wasn't that quick. And he just got ate alive by Michigan State, kind of going back into this old-school rivalry games talk. Michigan State is in such trouble right now, Tyler, on offense because they, they have an offensive line that just can't figure it out, and they also have coaches that are making bonehead decisions. Yeah, and- but you got to find a way this week to run the ball. And my God, if you don't play Elijah Collins, something's wrong yeah, and with I know, you and if they don't play him again, I want to know why. I want to. I would be asking as a reporter, why is Elijah Collins only getting the ball five times or six times? And can we find new ways to get him in space, or can we throw him the ball? Or you know, you got to play your best players. You got to get him the ball, and you got to find creative ways to get them in space. Yeah, and it, it would be one thing too if you avoided Elijah Collins to put in Jordan Simmons, who I thought looked pretty good for a tr- especially for a true freshman. That would that would be one thing. If a better yeah. player comes along, you play him. But to play him for to play a guy whose job he took last year, and who ultimate look he quit on the team like that is just stupid to me. And you've got to find a way to get Collins the ball. It should be Collins and Simmons. There shouldn't really be anybody else in the mix. Ant mm-hmm. Williams, if you want a little bit of a speed, if you want to try to throw somebody off with a screen pass and just let him skirt down the sideline. That's fine, but yeah, yeah. Th- this is going to be a really, really ugly game for Michigan State. If look, you you got to make the right calls as a coach, and right now Mel Tucker he's zero for one, and will. I think State defensively was going to do okay against Michigan, Tyler. I thought they did last year, most yeah, of the first it, half. But the offense well, look, Trey Person out. looks better. He he did get beat on a play against Rutgers, but he looks better. He he wasn't. He, you just complimented Trey Person, by the way. I don't know if you know. He 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 didn't have he didn't have that Buddha Baker <laughs> distance between him and DK Metcalf when he he was trying to make that yeah. play. All right, he he was closer to DK Metcalf at about the opposite ten yard line than he was when the play started, which is you know usually about how far behind he was Donovan Peoples Jones on a nine route, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twice. Yes, thank you. Well, I, I didn't need to. I didn't need to. <laughs> but that <laughs> maybe three times this weekend. But, well, I hope not. You know, I really, I, I hope and I don't hope. I hope this doesn't happen this weekend before your your sake. But my gosh, it would be funny to talk. For my about. sake, I, I, look, you're the one who has to listen to me on Monday. That that's going to be the thing. It, it's not for my yeah. sake. It's for your sake. Don't don't act like you're not selfish. Um, but. <laughs> But this is something where, like, the defensive backs look good. Xavier Henderson's a good football player. Shakir Brown looked great against Rutgers. I think he's every 
bit the player that I was talking him up to be. Chris Jackson's all right. Um, like I said, I'd rather see Julian Barnett. He's your best athlete if you're playing man. Doesn't matter what sport, if you're playing man-to-man, you should be able to line him up and say, this is your guy, don't let him do anything. And so I, yeah. that's something that I, again, I still don't understand. Hopefully we see a little bit more Julian Barnett on defense, not special teams, on defense on Saturday. And, you know, we'll break it down a little bit more as we get closer. Plus, uh, like I said, Gerald Holmes is scheduled a little bit later. And I want to do something different, too. I want to uh, also talk later this week about, you know, the five games that most kind of represent what this rivalry is about. I think that'd be something to take a inside uh to take a little bit of a look at and uh I, I think I think oh, it's yeah. safe to say uh Gerald Holmes played in one of those games. So Yeah, let, yeah. Let, let me add one thing before we go. I know that this is you know, I wanted to make sure I got this out there, but I think this is just a, the probably the most important thing and I hope you put this in your uh you know, when you write this out, Tyler. Um you know, and thank God you're writing it, not me. But anyway, uh, the the thing that must be noted, because we, we really went in hard on Mel Tucker, which rightfully so. This is big boy stuff, and people care out here. This is a very big opportunity for this coach to not only have his guys ready to play well on the field, but doing all the things right off the field, which means you might want to say some things that are going to get this program reinvigorated, because what's going to happen, Tyler, you know, two things are going to happen. You know, you're going to play really well and lose, which I think could very well happen. I don't think Michigan State can win this game. You know, a lot's going to have to happen for that to take place. But if Michigan State plays well and it's a good good game, it's competitive and it's the second half, it's still close, I think that means a lot for Mel Tucker. But I really need, and I know Michigan State fans need this because this is what pumps this thing up, you got to say the right stuff. You've got to sell this thing, and you got to because this is what's going on. Recruiting is watching, and, and mm-hmm. it's so fast. You know how this goes, Tyler. In twenty twenty, man, you, you know it's a decommit now. I don't want to play there. I mean, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I mean, it's so fast. And Mark D'Antonio was a great salesman of this program. Mm-hmm. He was a great salesman, and he made it about toughness, chip on the shoulder. And we hate Michigan. We hate those guys. And my God, if they beat us and act arrogant, we're going to call them arrogant jerks. And you have to be that way because Michigan's coming at you the same way. I mean, they're not changed. They haven't changed at all. You know, they're going to beat you and they're going to talk crap afterwards. Look at Shea Patterson last year. I mean, I would hope that people remember the things he said. You know, we could just we knew we could do whatever we want to them. You know, they, Michigan talks a lot of trash mm-hmm. every time they win. And, and Mel Tucker better figure it out. And what time is they'll say about this rivalry, John Beeline, when John was trying to be nice? Yeah. You haven't been here long enough, bud. You know, you, you, you don't know how this thing goes. So, Mel Tucker, I got news for you, buddy. You better get on board real quick. This is what big boys stuff's all about in this state. You know, you better embrace the hate. You better embrace this rivalry, or you're going to get spit out so fast that your yeah, head will be and, spit um, You know, that was one of the downfalls of John L. Smith is, I mean, one of the many downfalls of John L. Smith is he didn't embrace it. He used to say they all count as one. Uh, which was something that Judd Heathcote always used to say, you know, mm. they all count as one. But then you look at yeah. the people who have had success in this program. Uh, 
doesn't really matter who you know who it is, what sport it is. You look at uh, Mark D'Antonio, who had success in this program. You want to know why? Because he made that his goal. That was that was his first goal. The Big Ten was second, and you know he made that his first goal. He got to that first goal. He went to the second, and he did that a few times as well. That the people who have success against Michigan at Michigan State have that chip on the shoulder. Like I said, uh, Judge Ethoto, as you say, they all count as one. Tom Izzo said, I think he's full of, you know, you can fill in the blank. You know, and the people who have success against Michigan, even if it's something where, you know, Michigan's just a better team and you can get a matchup or you can get that. I mean, you talked about it on Saturday when we did our Michigan State wrap-up. You can get that momentum going and you punch them in the mouth. You know, everybody's yeah. got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And, you know, that was something that Mark D'Antonio, when he did that for yep. the very first time, Michigan didn't have a plan for that. And Mel Tucker's got an, op- Mel Tucker's got an opportunity to get that upper hand on Jim Harbaugh and, you know, put a little pressure on him because, and look, we don't know what's going to happen this year. Crazy stuff has happened this year. You know, Rutgers finally beat Michigan State. Uh, obviously, everything else outside the world. All the outside the sports world, a bunch of crazy stuff has happened. But you're not beating Ohio State. Mm-hmm. If you lose to Michigan State this year and then to come around and lose to Ohio State again, you're going to be in trouble. And Mel Tucker's got a golden opportunity here to right a lot of the wrongs that we saw last Saturday. And you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he does that. Then, like I said, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get closer. Um, we will uh, be. Right now, our plan is to be talking Gerald Holmes on Thursday, and then at that time, we'll probably break down those, uh, you know, the five games that kind of meant the most in the history of this rivalry. But, well, yeah, I guess we'll uh, talk to you then. For Jeremy File, I am Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap podcast.